0: Welcome back to the Montgomery Companies Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery, and we have some big news to share this month. The podcast is going through a rebrand. It will no longer be the Montgomery Companies Podcast. Moving forward, this will be the Growth Over Goals Podcast with your host, Jordan Montgomery. So I'll still be the host. We're still going to bring you great guests. We still want to add similar value, if not more value, and provide great content. But we've picked up on a theme over the last 80 plus episodes that each time we interview a guest, the conversation is oriented around growth. And in a world that's so focused on goals and accomplishment, we wanted to put an emphasis on growing and the daily process of getting better one day at a time. Thus, we've come up with the Growth Over Goals podcast and we're excited to bring you new content under the same platform. But if you're searching for this podcast via Spotify or iTunes, Uh, Make sure that you just type in growth over goals. You'll find us there. If you're currently subscribed to this podcast, it's still going to pop up. You're still going to get the content. You're still going to get the episode. So no issues there. We're excited to bring you the podcast. The official rebrand will happen on March 13th. All of that said, we're glad you're here. We've got another great guest and we can't wait to let you in on this podcast episode. Welcome back to the Montgomery Companies Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery. Today, I'm with a special guest and a new friend, Valerie Burton. Uh, Many of you know Valerie well. Maybe you've seen her on social media. Maybe you've read one of her books. Maybe you've listened to her speak publicly um, at an event. She's hard um, to stay away from. She's all over the place. Valerie is up to great work. Um, She does work that matters. She's impactful. She's dynamic. She's also authentic. Let me tell you. A little bit about Valerie. Valerie is the author of 13 books on personal development. She's the founder of the Coaching and Positive Psychology Institute and an international speaker on resilience and happiness. She spent more than 15 years studying the research of resilience, positive emotion and courage, and implementing it in her own life with hundreds of clients from dozens of countries in nearly every single state inside the U.S. Her books include It's About Time, successful women think differently, and brave enough to succeed among others. I had a chance to listen to Valerie speak at an event with John Maxwell in Des Moines, Iowa, several months ago, and I kinda cornered her and I said, Valerie, we gotta have you on our podcast. And she said, well, I'm really hard to book, but you can try. I'm just kidding. She didn't say that. She said, I'd love to be on your podcast. And I said, um, (laughs) I'm I'm totally kidding. You did not say that. You said, I would would love to be on your podcast, although I do know you're hard to pin down. You're busy and you have a lot going on. And so, Valerie, I just want to say welcome to the show and thanks in advance for spending time with our community.
1: Thank you, Jordan. It's good to be here.
0: All right. I want to start us off with a bang because there are people that know about the work that you're doing because so much of of what you're doing is out there, whether it's your books or your podcast. Um, I would love for you to share one thing about Valerie Burton that, that people might be surprised to know.
1: Um, th- there, there's so many things I could come up with. I would say that um I've lived so many places that people, after they talk to me for a few minutes, just start getting confused. <laughs> and so recently, I uh, where we live now, which is on a horse farm, uh, we just passed the five year mark, and it's the first time in my life I've ever lived at one address for five years. <laughs> wow! Wow! So it's it's a it's a different feeling. Around three years, I started to get the itch because that's when I <laughs> typically you got to move. And moved. And I didn't even realize that I actually, you know, like looked back and I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is different for me. But I've lived in, gosh, maybe six states in a foreign country. Okay. Uh, it might be seven. And uh, and, you know, comes from starting out life as a military brat. My dad was in the Air Force. But then as an adult, I moved even more than I did as a kid. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I did not. You know, I knew some of that about you. I don't know that I realized you lived in that many places, or
1: that you had never spent one five-year period in one sitting. So, um, four and a half was my uh, was my was my max, and we moved from that house when I was fifteen.
0: <laughs> wow, you've experienced the world, truly. That that yes. that's awesome. All right, so here's the deal. So we're gonna talk leadership. We're gonna talk coaching. You have a coaching company, and. You've done so much research in, in the world of coaching, you're helping so many people. But before we talk about any of that, um, I heard you tell your story and and give some background um, when we were in Des Moines together and I was fortunate enough to hear you speak. And we were also able to connect briefly, I heard you at Lead Positive with John Gordon and we both shared the virtual stage together. Um, but could you give us an our audience background of, of how Valerie grew up and then some of the challenges, you know, you were you were Ivy League educated Um, and then after later in life, uh, yes, (laughs) later in life. Right. And, and, and then, and then after that, you, you sort of embarked on this path that there's some twists and turns and now you've got this amazing life. But I think what was so touching to me about your story is that from the outside, you wouldn't know all that. And you were pretty real about some of the things that you battled. And so can we start there before we get into leadership and coaching?
1: Yeah. Where do you want to start? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's
0: okay, because there's some people listening who are thinking, um, you know, I'm getting a little bit older, and I'm Mm -hmm. maybe not exactly where I want to be, and that was my story. I got married at 30, and so I just remember, you know, I'm in my late 20s, and because I come from small town Iowa, I thought, I'll be married in my early 20s or mid-20s, start having kids, and I'm going to have my whole professional life figured out, and I didn't. And when Mm -hmm. you were were speaking, I, I felt like I can, this resonates with me. Sometimes yeah. the blueprint that we have for our life looks different than the way life actually goes or yeah. works out. And so I, anyway, I, I'd love for you to, yeah. to speak you, to that.
1: You're, you are, what you just said is um, a reflection of the fact that everything is relative, how we grow up, what those expectations are. Because I remember being a teenager and I thought, oh, I'll get married at 28. <laughs> uh, but I got married at 30 um, and that marriage only lasted six years. And at 36, I was divorced and I didn't have children. And I had always pictured myself as like Claire Huxtable from The Cosby Show. I was gonna have five kids and be a lawyer. That was that was my goal. An international corporate attorney who who could translate and do business in <laughs> Spanish speaking and German speaking countries. That was my <laughs> that was my focus because I grew up learning other languages. And so it was very devastating and a little scary mm. at 36 to still have hope for what i wanted personally i had figured out early on that uh, law wasn't the direction for me and had uh you know gone to grad school in journalism started a pr firm realized that's not my calling but i'm good at it i'm a communicator um, and discovered my calling at 26 and that's when i wrote my first book But at 36, um, going through divorce, I learned how important it is, number one, to not lose hope. Um, When we stop hoping, we start settling for less than what is possible Mm. for our lives. But it can be very scary to hope because you can be so afraid of disappointment. Mm. Um, I just held on to my faith because I really believed that I was the wife and a mom, everybody doesn't feel that way, but I really felt that I wanted a joyful marriage I wanted to raise children and so um, for me, it was forty uh when I uh married again almost forty one literally the month before I turned forty one and um my husband I had two daughters, so I became a bonus (laughs) mom immediately (laughs) within a year and a half. um, I became a mom, and that was a big transition from, you know, the single only concerned about myself to a family of five in a year and a half, basically. (laughs) um, But it's been quite an amazing adventure and and Mm -hmm. journey um, that I'm so grateful for.
0: <clears throat> well, I, I know that you and um, your coaching practice, talk often about leadership. And I think you would say that your your best leadership job is is the work you do inside the walls of your home. Um, mm-hmm. But I would love to know, from your lens and through your life's experience, what what are the what are the greatest leadership lessons or what's maybe the one greatest leadership lesson that you've ever learned?
1: Well, the, the biggest one is going to sound so simplistic to some people, and others will get it. Um, I didn't see myself as a leader, and so whenever I would hear leadership development, I'm like, "Oh, that's for the people in big corporations." Like, I'm running a small business. I'm not. I mean, it, which is crazy because I it, I thought that even with hundreds of thousands of followers on social media and, you know, writing books and having those books translated into multiple languages. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's not for me. And so the, the biggest lesson is that number one, all of us have uh, influence. I think mm-hmm. sometimes as women, we think more in terms of influence sometimes than leadership, or we we think of it differently. And I'm not speaking for all women, but for a number of women that I've uh, talk to so that was really big for me. I think the the next lesson that really um, stands out for me is the, the significance of personal growth and the fact that how far you're able to go mm.
0: Mm.
1: is determined by how much you are willing to grow. And Oof. when you find your growth gaps, not looking at them as reasons to beat yourself up because you have a ways to go <laughs> um, or condemning yourself, but instead seeing it as an opportunity. And when you really embrace that opportunity, it's amazing what can happen. Because I think a lot of times we know what we need to do. It doesn't mean we do it. But then when we start doing it and we start seeing the results, it's like, oh, and it feels uncomfortable in that process too. It's like,
0: yeah, ah, so I true. want to go back to
1: where I'm comfortable. But if you're willing to lead yourself and you're willing to be honest with yourself about where you need to grow, where your mm. sticking points are, your fears that get in the way, the distractions that you haven't been able to eliminate, the habits that you need to replace, you know, when you are willing to just look at those as just facts, yep, mm. this is something to work on. And you actively start working on it, not with judgment, but just because you want to reach your own potential. That's when you see amazing shifts happen. So good. Give us the give us the
0: quote again on personal growth. How much you're willing to grow oh, determines how far you will yeah. go. Yeah.
1: How far you go
0: <clears throat> depends on how much you're willing to grow. So good. I love that. So good. Um, you're growing and leading and evolving and um our good friend john maxwell one of his favorite questions is how did grow today how am i growing today and so what i'd love to know is in your in your leadership in your journey valerie what, what are you learning today how are you growing today talk to us about that
1: um i have really um embraced a principle that john maxwell talks about the law of the lid, you know, how much an organization can grow is limited by the growth journey of the top leader in that organization. Mm -hmm. Really, really, um, uh, resonated very deeply with me and Mm -hmm. started me in a process of looking at how I might be holding back my own company (laughs) Mm -hmm. from where we were to go next. And that has been really, really powerful. And so, you know, for me, that's been a lot of daily just introspection. It doesn't have to take you an hour a day. Mm. <laughs> you know, it mm-hmm. can be 10, 15 minutes of being very intentional, coaching yourself with the right kinds of questions. Like you said, mm. how am I growing today? What's what's in the way? What am I afraid of? Where am I willing to exercise more courage? How could I ask for? How how can I move forward even though mm. I feel uncomfortable? Like, how can I stretch out of my comfort zone? All of those kinds of questions answered honestly grow you day by day.
0: So good. So you have a chance to talk about this stuff day in and day out because you run a, a coaching business. You formed an institute. You've done great research. People need to know this too, people who are listening to you. I mean, you've been on the Dr. Oz Show, the Today Show. You've been on CNN. I mean, you've been on the front lines of working with some pretty dynamic leaders on their issues and their challenges. And so um, as we stay on this topic of leadership, Valerie, from your lens, what are the greatest challenges facing leaders today?
1: You know, I think one is that we're living in a world that's just become more divisive and black and white and people (laughs) – People don't see nuance as often. Mm. And so I think it's very important for leaders to lead by example with their own resilience, mm. with the communication style that is as inclusive as possible and is open to diverse perspectives. Um, mm. And so I think that's extremely important because our world is more and more diverse and I'm not you know, I'm not just talking about one type of diversity, all types of diversity, whether it is within generations, ethnicities, um, people's uh, religious backgrounds, I mean, age is a big one because we've got multiple generations and people see things differently. Mm. Um, and we're working globally. So you mm. may be working with people across the globe. You know, you may be serving people like we do who are not all right there around you and so i think it is very important rather than being intimidated by that or complaining Mm. about it oh i gotta i gotta pay attention to what people who aren't like me think instead recognizing that there is so much value in listening to differing perspectives and stepping into someone else's shoes and saying huh this was how I grew up, or if this was my experience, how might I be different? Because we all would. So I think leaders can lead by example uh, with that, Um, because I don't think we all have to agree to be able to collaborate and to get along. And so one of the most important things I think that leaders can model is that when you feel tempted to judge, thinking you know why people think what they think or do what they do or whatever, (laughs) that number one, you notice your judgment and you replace it with curiosity, Mm. which is simply, hmm, I wonder what makes them have that perspective. I wonder what experience they had that led them to do it that way or to choose that route. And so we all want that benefit of the doubt Right, Not that we are judged that there's some ulterior motive or something just innately flawed about us that leads us to our <laughs> perspectives, but that we can actually be curious enough and open-minded mm. enough to consider that everyone in the world has not had our experience and therefore has differing perspectives. I think if you're going to lead well this day and age, you have got to have A mindset of curiosity over judgment.
0: That's one of the most insightful things that's been shared on our podcast. Replacing (laughs) judgment with curiosity. And I told you at the front of the show, we always cut up a couple clips for social media purposes. That was a clip. That was really good. Um, (laughs) So people need to go rewind and listen to that little two-minute segment again. I I need to listen to that two-minute segment again. And I love what you said about leading by example. I think it was Albert Einstein that said, you know, leading by example isn't the primary way to lead. It's the only way to lead. Um, You're leading by example. You have to, right? Because you're in charge of coaching and influencing so many people. And so I want to talk about your coaching work, Valerie. I listened to a podcast recently where you uh, very eloquently broke down the difference between coaching and consulting. You also talked about mentoring. And and, I loved how you spoke to that because I get that question a lot in our work is, What is the difference between coaching and consulting and mentoring? And there's some people listening right now who are saying, well, I want to be a part of Valerie's world. I'd love to better understand how I could work with her or be mentored by her. Um, Could you help our audience describe the differences between those worlds and that work? And then I also want to ask you a little bit about how people can engage with you directly.
1: Yeah. So One of the very first things we do in the beginning when we're training new coaches is to make sure they understand the definition of coaching. Coaching is really helping people move from where they are right now in the present to where they really want to be and to navigate the challenges, the obstacles, the opportunities that come along along the way. Um, But What's most important is people distinguish, in my opinion, coaching from counseling, right? Counseling, psychotherapy, et cetera, Mm -hmm. tends to often focus on overcoming things from the past so that you can function well in the present, right? So you're going from past to here. That doesn't mean you never talk about the future, of course, in counseling. But coaches aren't doing that uh, because that's licensed work with with therapists and other mental health professionals, but people really often get the mentoring and the consulting confused, even training, (laughs) right? They'll they'll be doing one-on-one training, telling people what to do and how to do it and calling it coaching. That's not coaching. That's training. I'm teaching you how to do something. Mentoring is I'm using my personal experience, right? I've been there. I've done that. Now I'm going to tell you how you can go there and you can do that based on what I know and I may tell you exactly how I did it, or I might tell you how I think you ought to do it. But whatever the case, I've got the experience to be able to share something valuable with you. So all of these are valuable, right? The counseling's valuable. The mentoring is valuable. And consulting is you're wanting a specific outcome, right? You want to get from here to there. You don't want to do all the work. You're hiring somebody to do the work who's an expert at that, right? And they'll get your input, but you're doing the work. But in coaching, you do the work. And as coaches, we believe you have your answers. So I'm not telling you what to do. I'm providing the safe space for you to really work through, number one, what is the vision? And to help you get clarity around it, to help you notice where fears and Obstacles and other distractions are getting in the way of you having that clarity, being able to move those things out of the way and say, this is what it is. Now, how do I navigate my way forward? And that's done through some pretty uh, amazing um, techniques and making sure that you set up the environment where a person can be honest and they know their coach is in their corner. But the coach has a lot of really valuable um insights and things that they bring. They're a sounding board. Um they're collaborating with you. The coach isn't up here and the clients here. You're working together. And so what I love about coaching is the amount of insight I've gained when I have been coached. Um the space to really be honest about everything because oftentimes we're keeping things to ourselves. Mm. Uh, maybe it's not, you know, maybe it feels a little vulnerable or, or, or we feel like, oh, I don't want anybody to know that. But with a coach, you can be very open and honest. And that coach stretches you beyond where you would stretch mm. yourself, right? So it's not that you couldn't reach the goal by yourself. But typically, with a great coach, it accelerates the pace. It makes the goal more compelling, <laughs> right? Because you're not, it's not the little goal. The coach is like, is this really it? Does this fit? Is, is this really reflecting your purpose? So it's a powerful, powerful process for maximizing your personal and professional potential. So good. How do I know, Valerie, that I'm working
0: with the right coach? I get that question a lot. You and I both are, are in a similar space professionally, and people will say, how do I know? What questions should I be asking? Uh, I know I've got my answer, but I'd love to hear it from you. Like, What, what do you think is wisdom and discernment in finding the right coach?
1: Well, I think one, first of all, you just use your discernment. That's number one in narrowing down, you know, who do you think maybe, but I think it's important to be coached by the person, even if it's for a short period of time, you will notice how you respond to that person, whether or not you're a good fit. So oftentimes what you need is just a a fit call, an introductory session to, to try them out because talking to someone who tells you about coaching is very different from actually being coached by the person. (laughs) So So I have always just experienced the coaching and I generally just know um, based on my, my responses. And also, am I moving forward? Am I achieving what I came to a coach to be able to achieve? Mm. Is that coach in my corner? Do we have a, a way to go about accountability that? Uh, that works for us both. So I really think it is discernment, but it's also just experiment with it. Yeah. Have a session.
0: Yeah. how it goes. I love what you just said, because I think so often we get so caught up in just having the perfect fit, right? It just needs, and there is no coach that is perfect, right? Who is perfect. Um, But I think the important thing is that you have a coach. There's somebody in your corner. There's a safe place where you can share how you're feeling and what you're going through. And I look back on my journey and some of the people that I worked with who I wasn't, we were aligned in terms of our values, but there's this one guy, specifically Valerie, I thought he's kind of crazy. And I look back and I'm like, I don't know how much I got out of that, but I find myself using a couple things that he taught me consistently. And so the point is, when you're working with a coach, there's so much to be gained and it's probably not going to be just the perfect fit. But I would be asking those questions about values and using your intuition and discernment around, is this person for me and do we stand for the same things? Mm-hmm. So I, lo- I-, I love what you shared there. Um, there are opportunities to get involved with your organization. You've got programs. And if you go to Valerie's website, um, you'll find there's a lot of ways to to drink your content and um, to be a part of your community. But I would love for you to speak to us very specifically about how we can get more involved uh, with the work that that you're doing.
1: Yeah, so at the CAP Institute, which stands for Coaching and Positive Psychology, we train personal and executive coaches. We have trained people from every state and more than two dozen countries at this point. Um, And so we start with a coach training intensive, which is a three-day live online event. It is really powerful. People join us from all over but it's our prerequisite to certification. But the other great thing about it is it equips you with the foundational tools to start coaching. But also if you've been thinking about it, it's not a huge commitment, right? It allows you to learn those foundational skills, but then also to decide, is coaching really for me? And if you walk away and go, you know, I really love that and I wanna incorporate it into my leadership style or how I manage people, but I'm not moving forward with certification, You still have gotten a lot out of it, Um, but if you know you want to be certified as a coach, then you have taken the step you need, and all you have to do is take the next one. So we do the coach training intensive four times a year, generally once a quarter. Um, So March is our first one of the year. We do June, we do September, and November.
0: And we will put all the links. um, So if you want to know more, if you want to get involved directly, we're going to put all the links in the show notes um, to all of Valerie's programs, website, um and also i i want it before i turn you loose valerie i want to ask you this one final question you've done a bunch you've written 13 books you have programs you've been on all kinds of shows you're leading you know inside inside your home you have three children you're married i don't know how you keep it all together but but here's what i want to know what what is next for valerie burton what are you working on now what are you you excited about moving forward
1: Excited about a couple of things. Um, One, in our coach training program, we are adding a really exciting um, advanced mastery program with a deeper dive focus even on the applied positive psychology, which is the perspective that we teach coaching from. So we're super excited about this. We've been doing mm-hmm. our uh, training program since 2010. So this is this is a big uh, this is a big addition. And then secondly, um, we're working on some resilience training. So mm-hmm. within organizations, I speak most often about resilience, and a lot of organizations talk about you know the financial capital they need, the human capital that they need. That's obvious. Mm. We don't talk enough about psychological capital. Um, we've gone through so much change. Um, companies are really starting to feel the effects of whether their employee well being is high but also whether employees are able to be flexible and move with the changes that happen within an organization and whether the leaders can really model resilience for everyone else. Mm. So I've been doing resilience training for some time, but we are um, we are excited and working on and, and going to be launching in 2023 uh, our organizational resilience training programs. Well, I'm I'm
0: excited for you. And one of the things that I respect about what you've built and the work that you're doing is you have done the deep work to really understand the craft. And in living in this space, you just bump into so many people who say, oh, yeah, I'm a coach. You know, I'm a life coach or I do do coaching or, and it's just, it's really, (laughs) uh, yeah, and it's really refreshing just to, you know, um, to spend time with somebody who's really, done the deep work of understanding I'm a
1: coaching geek you can just say you that are. <laughs> I love I love transformation I love that yeah. no matter where we are in life we have an opportunity to become who we need to be mm. and oftentimes you know we, people will will put a goal on the wayside because they're not ready to become the kind of person who can accomplish it and mm. it just intrigues me what is it that successful people do differently from from a scientific standpoint from a faith standpoint from a personal growth standpoint and so uh thank you for that compliment but yes all of that lights me up and that's what i want for everyone else to find the thing whatever it is that lights you up because that's where your success will flow
0: well you have helped us go from where we are to where we want to be in a short 30 minutes on the Montgomery Companies podcast. And, and Valerie, you are considered an expert, you're a leader, you're a podcast host, you're an author, you're a speaker, you're a mom, you're a wife, and you are a visionary. And I'm excited to see where you go next and all that you accomplish out into the future. I'm proud to call you just a new friend and super grateful for the time that you spent with us um, on today's podcast. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you, Jordan, I appreciate it.
0: God bless you, my friend. This has been another episode of the Montgomery Company's podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Montgomery. I want to say thanks also to John Choate and James Roth of Storyline Multimedia for all of the work that they do behind the scenes to make this episode go. If you enjoy listening to this show, if you're somebody who tunes in once in a while to our podcast, we'd love it if you'd officially subscribe so that we could move our mission of impact forward. This podcast is designed to help the leader go farther faster. We hope we have done that today. Be well, be great. Have a wonderful day.